looking up intercession and it comes obviously from the same root as intercede Mm -hmm. and intercede means to go between or to intervene, to like stand in the gap, if you will. And, um, I, I think that's just such a beautiful representation of the church, right? The intercession in the church go one and the same that we're supposed to stand mm. in a gap. Like the church stands in the gap between heaven and earth and intercession stands in the gap between what is and what could be right. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter yeah. meets mission. My name is Dan Demite. I'm one of the executive directors here at Damascus. I'm joined here with Aaron Richards Come and on, Brad Pierron. Let's do this Woo-hoo! thing. Yes. And we here at Beyond Damascus are all about mission. We want to encounter Jesus Christ in a life-changing way and allow that encounter with Jesus and the Holy Spirit to lead us into a life mm-hmm. of intense mission. And today we're going to be talking about, because I think sometimes when you think about mission, you always Mm -hmm. think about missionary activity. Like Mm -hmm. I got to do, I got to do, I got to do. Today we're going to talk about the the secret behind mission, and that is intercession. Oh man, it is a absolute pillar of my heart of our community here, um, and so I'm really excited to talk about intercession and go after that on how that is an encounter with Jesus Christ that leads to powerful mission. Brad, mm-hmm. do you want to open us in prayer? I can. Yeah, yeah. in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, thank you for the gift of intercession. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, for us to to stand in the gap and to bring the concerns of your people to you. Thank you for having an ear that always listens and a heart that always receives. And we pray, God, that we could in the same way have our ears open and our hearts ready to receive here Mm. today as you speak on this topic of intercession. Jesus, we give this time to you and we uh, pray that you would saturate it with your love. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. So if anyone knows anything about Brad, you know he loves etymology. Yes. Um, And so Brad, do you want to share the little fun fact you learned before the episode yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, well, we were talking about intercession, and I was looking it up on the Google machine. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah, the Oracle, it, I, the prophet that's right, Google. That's yeah, right, yeah, 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 yeah. Speak it, just, to it us. just speaks yeah. out what you're looking for. <laughs> um, not always, but most of the time, and I was looking up intercession, and it comes, obviously, from the same root as intercede, mm-hmm. and intercede means to go between or to intervene, to, like, stand in the gap, yeah. if you will, and... um. I I think that's just such a beautiful representation of the church, right? The intercession in the church go one and the same, that we're supposed to stand Mm. in a gap, like the church stands in the gap between heaven and earth, and intercession stands in the gap between what is and what could be, right? And so anyway, I got super excited right before we started. And and we're we're ultimately going to talk about that. Like We we see that vision over and over and over again in Scripture. Mm -hmm. The intercessor is the one who stands in the gap. I love like Ezekiel chapter uh, 22, the Mm -hmm. prophet, he says, I sought for anyone among them, he's speaking for the Lord, I sought for anyone among them who would repair the wall and stand in the gap between me on behalf of the land so that I would not destroy it. But I found no one. Therefore, I have poured out my indignation upon them. I have condemned them and I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Hmm. I have returned their conduct upon their heads, says the Lord God. <laughs> pretty so like, the Those Lord, powerful words. <laughs> <laughs> he was having a hard day that day. No, I mean, the Lord wants to wash us with mercy. And he's like, please, like the mm-hmm. intercessor stands in the gap between man and God. And mm-hmm. he, he reconciles 
reconciles man and God. And there's one there's one person who is the ultimate intercessor mm-hmm. who comes and stands in the gap between Jesus. man and God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus is the ultimate <laughs> intercessor. And like we talk a lot at like at Damascus on this podcast about living the lifestyle of Jesus. Like mm-hmm. we want to. We want to do healing ministry because that was a lifestyle of Jesus. We want to do prophetic ministry because it was a lifestyle of Jesus. But ultimately, the vocational call, if you will, the primary mission of Jesus was intercession. This mission of reconciliation, standing in the gap uh, to to as the the Father's wrath was was flaring up amongst the people, and he cries out. I just love that. He's like, mm-hmm. I saw for anyone. I just need, he wouldn't need one person mm-hmm. to, like, stand up and to pray for on behalf of the people, and he found no one. Mm-hmm. It, it, I think it, it's funny, too. As, as you speak passionately about intercession and, and its its foundation in the church, I think that uh, almost the opposite is true, that, mm-hmm. that, that when we seek to live the lifestyle of Jesus, I think oftentimes Christians will step away from intercession mm. because— when I think of intercession, I think of like the initial catechism classes that I had in third and fourth grade when I learned of like the, you know, those mm-hmm. basic fundamental elementary prayer modes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, oh, I'm 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 all grown up. I'm mature. I I can step away from those mm-hmm. simple things. Yeah. Step into a more. It's the ministry for babies. <laughs> there you go. Well, and and the fact that I think that it um it's unfortunate, but I think it comes to our mind as passive. Mm. That like once I get into real mission, then I'm active. Doing but that something. intercession, yeah. that like vague question asking <laughs> of the Lord that I used to do when I was a kid for whatever I was looking forward to or what my family needed, that was just kind of like a passive way of engaging the Lord. And now I actively engage yeah. him. I don't know why that is, but I do feel like in my experience and then the experiences of people that I interact with, I think sometimes we do, we, we see intercession more passive than active. Yeah. It couldn't be. It couldn't be more the reverse. Yeah. Well, I mean, our common our common experience of intercession, uh, which I would say probably is is at the petitions at mass, right? Yeah. It 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 oftentimes is just such a lifeless experience. Yes. You know, where we just repeat the same tried and true responsory, and mm-hmm. yeah, uh, mm-hmm. it it becomes like I don't know uh, background noise. Yeah. Back. Uh, so as I think about like someone standing in the gap and mm-hmm. the impact the, the activity, the mission it can have. Mm-hmm. So in the old Testament, you have Moses uh, and he comes down from the mountain and the people are worshiping the, the false idol that they've made. Right. And mm-hmm. scripture says that God's cow. anger flares up again. His just mm-hmm. anger flares up and he's about to destroy the 600,000 people. Right. And God has promised he's not going to destroy the people again. He's already <laughs> like done that once with Noah. He's just well, at least like, by a flood. Yeah, he won't yeah, destroy yeah. them by a flood. <laughs> No, this time water. I'm using fire. Yeah. Uh, so his wrath is about to pour out upon 600,000 Israelites, right? And, they and Moses it. gets on his knees and he starts crying out. And he like encount like he had just encountered the God in uh, of mm-hmm. Sinai, like this God who mm-hmm. like shakes a mountain and has peals of thunder and this like billowing smoke coming mm-hmm. forth from this mm-hmm. mountain. He encounters this God of like like vicious power, right? <laughs> And then he sees God's wrath and he says, have mercy on them. And he cries out and he's, and oh, yeah. I love what he does because in order to like, <laughs> to, to stand in the gap for, mm-hmm. on behalf of those people, he tells the father to remember the faithfulness of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So mm-hmm. like his form of, um, of, of intercession is remember the faithfulness. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think like, especially in our times right now, like there's a lot of unfaithfulness mm-hmm. in the church. Right. Mm-hmm. And, 
Uh, but to, as an intercessor to say, like, God, remember the faithfulness of John Paul II, of yeah, Mother Teresa. Yeah. Remember the faithfulness of Padre Pio and John Vianney. Like, come, and, like, as we pray for our, our country, like, remember the faithfulness of the North American martyrs. Remember the faithfulness of Elizabeth Ann Seton, right? Like, that, that as we call the faithfulness of those who have gone beyond us, it, 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 in a sense, it allows God to see their goodness mm-hmm. and, and and to to have mercy yeah. on His people, even yeah. in the midst of our sin. I think Moses he does he does that a lot. Like he stands in that gap a lot. I was just thinking about when um oh I'm not even sure which battle it was, but it, at the battle where he was asked to like raise his hands, yeah. Yeah. right? And like ultimately just stand in a place of prayer for the battle going on. And when he stayed in that place they would win the battle. And when he would leave that place, they would be losing the battle. And like the people alongside him were so, so passionately moved by the fact that this was working, that they actually helped him hold up his arms. Right. And like, I wonder if we go alongside those people that are interceding for Mm. big things, things that seem impossible, you know, like I, I've been thinking about that. Like here at Damascus, there's there's times when people pray for something. And my initial reaction, if I'm being honest is that's impossible. (laughs) Like, that's just not going to happen, right? Like, and that's in my own, like, humanity. But I wonder if I can recall... Which 90% of the battles won were impossible. Impossible, that's it. That's that's an accurate number, too, 90%. Nope, you counted up up all of them and determined no. But I do think that there is something about that, that, that idea that, okay, the Lord has asked me to do something. I'm going to do it. Like Jesus has given me a model where he stood in the gap. He wants me to, so I'm going to do it, even if it seems impossible. And even when someone alongside me does something or prays for something or contends for something that seems impossible, I'm going to hold their arms up and Mm -hmm. watch as the Lord continues to do his work. That's a great example, Brad, because I think the, the, the intercessor is in the battle, right? And, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes we're like, well, you like, I gotta do something. Like, what do I do? What yeah, do I do? Yeah, and yeah. it's like intercession is the first and the most important aspect of doing. Like, mm-hmm. and when I when I referenced the etymology stuff, you <clears throat> you jumped right into like the actual etymology of the word. I was talking about the weird little chart you found at the bottom <laughs> of the website. I got excited about too many things. I know because that weird that. little chart was like it blew my mind. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, I can yeah I can share that. So Google when they look at a word and its usage over time. Time. They look at the books that were in print or whatever at the time and the amount of times that that word was used in comparison to other words. And from the 1800s to now in 2022, the word intercede has just dropped off the face of the planet. Like it was like, it would literally be like looking at a mountain to a valley, yeah. right? Like it, it has drastically fallen off. And I found that to be the case with a lot of words like this, because I think as we've lost the ability to teach about it in the mm. church that that prides herself on it, we've lost the ability to, I don't know, gain that linguistic territory in the culture. Like intercede matters. Intercession matters. Having faith for something that we have not yet seen matters. That hope matters. So yeah. anyway, yeah, that, that little chart, I got too excited about all the different pieces, but yeah, the chart just showed something over 200 years that I think is telling of what we're talking about today. I think Jesus met intercession to be the very means by which the world would be saved through him mm-hmm. after the, like in the apostolic age. And I think that's, that's mm-hmm. telling why are we not succeeding? It's because we're not interceding. <laughs> like the, there's, there is a direct correlation with our cry for God to work and God working. Mm-hmm. And if we, mm-hmm. if we don't step up and mm-hmm. intercede, the Lord, I mean, he says, I search for anyone 
anyone among them who would stand in the gap. And if we don't stand in the gap, we're going to lose the battle. If we don't hold our arms mm -hmm. up, we're going to lose the battle. If we don't hold up the arms of those who are holding up the arms, we're going to lose the battle. And we sit around and we're like, man, we're losing the battle. We're losing the battle. And we come up with all these strategies and all these programs and all these activities and another mission, another mission, another mission, and all these different things. But are, are we actually winning the battle? Mm -hmm. And are we advancing the kingdom forward? I would say often not because we're not interceding enough. Well, Dan, let me let me push back on that. You know, uh, in in the Old Testament, when Moses was in the battle, like there was an army fighting, mm -hmm. and there was one man interceding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and the Lord says in, in, to the prophet Ezekiel, like He wants one man to stand mm. in the in the gap. Mm -hmm. um, how how do we draw that balance? How That's do I good. orient my life? Because certainly we can't just have a church mm -hmm. that sits in silence and in monasteries yeah. and yeah. you know the, the the lord the lord intercedes but he intercedes from a place of activity yeah, yeah. Well, so I, I wonder i wonder what the balance is in a christian's life yeah i wonder the same yeah. I, I like this because i think that i think that is where the tension lies is that like at what point do i contend and at what point do i go out and and act and i and, think, and what does contending look like because i think our traditional concept yeah, is that no, you know i'm i'm kneeling point. beside my bed and yes, that's good it is. and maybe that is the solution and is needed at times right but i i agree i think there is the tension there and i think that well as we've talked about on this podcast and this radio show before that there is kind of a lack on both sides of the fence, yeah. but maybe the lack on both sides of the fence is that they're supposed to serve one another. Mm. And as you lose one, you lose the other. Yeah. It could be that they're directly correlated, that the lack of mission in the world has to do with the lack of intercession and maybe vice versa, which way I'm not sure that, mm -hmm. which way the causality goes, but it seems like both are at a low. So it seems like there's a relationship here. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's the ultimate both and right. We just always go yeah. back to that on the show that it's both. And so there's both the prayer and there's the action. Mm -hmm. And I think what I've noticed, at least in my own spiritual life is the more, the more I am on mission, mm -hmm. I am drawn to intercession. And the more I'm in intercession, I'm drawn to mission, mm -hmm. right? That, mm -hmm. um, as, as I go before the Lord on my knees and I cry out for God's people. And a, a true spirit of intercession where I'm crying out for God's people, like, yeah. as opposed to, um, it, it, like, the, there's like there's something that, we, like, I think the area where we're actually seeing a lot of victory and, and advancement of the kingdom of God is in the inter, is in the um, the realm mm -hmm. of uh, the abortion holocaust, that there has been a consistent group of intercessors mm -hmm. in this country mm -hmm. since Roe v. Wade, mm -hmm. and we're right on the brink of Roe v. Wade collapsing. And it wasn't like they just prayed. They're like out of that spirit of intercession came all kinds of apostolates sure. for that. And That's so it's good. both mission and prayer mm -hmm. side by side. But yeah, I think Moses was where he was asked to be, and the the soldier was where they were asked yeah. to be. Mm -hmm. And so it's really where you asked to be primarily. Well, I think and our tendency oftentimes is that when I when we come to the uh, understanding that well, not everyone can do that then we automatically jump to the conclusion that therefore no one should do that. Not everyone. Oh, like, for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, that's so funny. Not everyone should not, not everyone can be interceding on the top of the mountain or else the army can't progress forward. Mm -hmm. Therefore, nobody should be <laughs> interceding on the yeah. top of the mountain. Or therefore, right? Oh, it's not for me. Yeah. yeah. So it, I think it's a, it's a process of, of realizing that like uh, my Christian walk has to be lived in partnership with, with mm -hmm. Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like I have, I have to realize that every day I'm asking the Lord, what is it that you have in mind for me today? What is the mission that you have at hand for me today? Even if that means that I'm supposed to spend more time in the chapel today than I am on the mission field. Mm, like, agreed. 
what does that look like on a given day so that I can respond with a faithful yes? Yeah, well, and we all should, I, I think there's also this piece where we all should intercede before the battle. Yeah. And then there's someone who continues to intercede through the battle and others go into the battle, right? Yeah. Like, and I think that I, I want to play with something here as you guys were talking. I think that we need to see intercession not as washing our hands mm -hmm. of something, but rather forming our hearts into something. Mm -hmm. That in intercession, I don't do away with my responsibility to mission. I actually form the heart that's required for it. Yeah. Right? Exactly. That like, I think that that's where the dichotomy can come in sometimes where I can allow my, it's kind of like Facebook too. Like someone posts something that's amazing and I like it and that seems like my involvement in it. I do think that can happen sometimes. Yeah. It's like, I'm a part of it. And so mm -hmm. like intercession can almost become my way of washing my hands and saying like, you know what? I've done my duty, but actually it's supposed yeah. to be. I made formed. a social media post no, no, exactly, about that. Exactly. Exactly. But, but <laughs> actually, I'm advancing the kingdom. Yes, yes, yes. Well, and those things should be fuel, yeah. right? Like Coney when, I, when I, when I, when I, when I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I know. Yeah. Hopefully not that, but like I, I make posts or I, or I like, I contend for something. And what I mean by contending is I pray with faith for something that it could actually happen. Yeah. I think that those things, if we saw them as forming the heart of a missionary disciple and not the end all be all like solution to yeah. being a missionary disciple, we would be on to something. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. I, I think the, so the, the Catholic church has established herself as a giant pillar of intercession. Like mm -hmm. everything we do as a mm. church is geared towards this ministry of intercession. Mm -hmm. And yet, um, I, sometimes it's just, it's the matter of the heart. We're not bringing the heart into it, right? So mm -hmm. we have the mass, which is the ultimate intercessory prayer. <laughs> we are literally representing Calvary. the sacrifice of Jesus back <laughs> to the father to like help him remember, like remember the faithfulness of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. No, and remember the sacrifice <laughs> of Jesus, right? And so it is like we, 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 we are called to this common priesthood. We are a royal priesthood, you mm -hmm. know, and like mm -hmm. we have this common priesthood as a people where we enter into through the sacrifice of our mm -hmm. own life and the sacrifice of our prayer. Mm -hmm. We enter into the one final sacrifice of Jesus Christ and we bring that gift back to the Father. Mm -hmm. And but I wonder, like, when we show up at Mass, do we show up enough or do we just teach enough and remind people enough? Show up and bring an intercession to Mass. Like, mm -hmm. like offer your Mass for someone. Offer. I feel, I, I'm always, like, concerned, oh, man, did I let my Mass go, like, un, unused? Like, did I – like, we don't want to let a Mass go um, – with, without a heart being offered up in, in sacrifice for another. Yeah. I was preaching in Iowa just uh, recently, and I was preaching to some middle schoolers. And these middle schoolers, it's amazing to listen yeah. to middle schoolers' questions when you go into a Q&A. And we were in a Q&A, and I, I said they could ask me anything. And one of them goes, what's your favorite part of the Mass? Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is awesome. And I was like, actually, my favorite part of the Mass is that time when they start collecting money and they bring things up <laughs> yeah. the middle and we kind of think it's like halftime where uh -huh. we get to just kind of like pay attention to something <laughs> else. Yeah, done. yeah. Okay. And all of them Reset. were like, yeah, I know that part because <laughs> yeah, I get that deep breath. And I was like, but check this out. That's actually an opportunity for us to offer something that seems minuscule and mm -hmm. irrelevant, but to offer it, right? Because like the fact that we're offering bread, wine, and a little bit of money, it's like, there's not much that can be done with that. Yet the Lord takes that and transforms it to himself. Yeah. And so what I was teaching these middle schoolers, I was like, hey, during that time, instead of thinking it's halftime, what if we actually watch them as they carry things up the aisle and we think to ourselves, and I mean, it's basic catechesis, right? But 
it reminded me of something. It was like, why don't we think about what we're carrying up the aisle? And to me, I was like, I can't remember the last time I took the advice I'm giving these middle schoolers. Mm -hmm. Like it is my favorite part of the mass because I understand it, I guess, theologically or catechetically, however you want to say it. Yeah. But how many times have I allowed my heart to actually go, I'm bringing this up with that family. Mm -hmm. I'm bringing this up to your altar, Lord. Like, very rarely do I actually it, contend there, even though I know it here. So yeah, anyway. it's so good. Whatever's offered on the altar as a sacrifice gets transformed into a banquet. Mm-hmm. And so I can pray with expectant faith that if I am offering this as a sacrifice to the Lord, mm-hmm. that he is going to transform it into something divine. That, that you said it earlier, that intercession brings the atmosphere of heaven down to earth. And so I bring these earthly sacrifices, bread and wine, he transforms it into divine nature. And so like whatever... Like, if I am offering something in prayer and sacrifice, supernaturally, God is going to do something. And it's, it's as if I'm taking a natural situation, a natural problem, and I'm saying, okay, Lord, bring your supernatural solution to this natural difficulty. That's really good. But uh, One of the thoughts that we were, as, as I'm speaking about, like, fasting or, or uh, intercession, that there's, there's a difference, I guess, the difference between, like, suffering and sacrifice is, is ultimately the intention that we yeah. bring in our heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So, so you can go through the same positive experience. You can you can live the same, you know, experience of mass. You can celebrate the same uh, holy hour or adoration. But but the, the minute that you that you unite your heart to the activity that you're engaging in, all of a sudden mm-hmm. it it becomes holistic, right? It becomes impactful for you. So we're not we're not well we are, but we can pray mass with more intention. <laughs> and, and, and it I, can be more intentional. Well, and I don't want to suggest, I think, I think it can become problematic if, if we become scrupulous that, oh man, that mass was wasted because I mm-hmm. didn't, I didn't walk into it with an intention, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's an opportunity that we have yeah. mm-hmm. to actually unite our hearts more closely to the heart of Jesus. Yes. That sounds nice. It's an opportunity, but it's also an obligation. So like, it's, yes, that's like, yeah, it's an invitation. All like, come follow mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. But like, Dang it, like get on your knees. Like we have an obligation yeah. to pray. We have an obligation to sacrifice. Like it it is meant to be a priest is one who mm-hmm. sacrifices on behalf of another mm-hmm. for the sake of their salvation. Yeah. And that is exactly what we're called to do as a common priest. That's my my priesthood as a Christian is I am called to sacrifice. And mm-hmm. and a priest sacrifices mm-hmm. where in the temple. So I'm called to sacrifice in this temple yeah. as my body on behalf of another mm-hmm. for their salvation. And that, so fasting is, is required. It's not, it's not an, uh, an opportunity for me as a Christian. It's required of me as a Christian because I need to sacrifice in this temple, my body for the sake of others, lest, lest their salvation is lost. Like, well, like this, like the missionary zeal, mm-hmm. it has to be there in terms of like, I'm going to pray and I'm going to fast because it's that important yeah, or see- else the 600,000 people that are worshiping false idols could be destroyed with the fire of God's wrath. Yeah, I love that. I, I see a connecting point. So I think the the principle here is that the very act itself is good, but we're called to greatness. I think what we need to know is if I go into mass and I'm distracted for a mass, that was still a good thing to do. Yeah. It wasn't as great as it could be. Right. And so I think that's where people get stuck sometimes is like, am I going from bad to good? No, we're going from good to great. And I know that that's overused, but we really need to see it in that way because at the level of opportunity, it's something good for me to do. At the level of obligation, I'm now stepping into greatness when I actually see the reason behind that. So mm. when I come to Mass and I'm not distracted and I actually offer something, now I'm beginning to see something I couldn't have seen had I not done it. I think the same thing with fasting. Mm-hmm. If, if you 
don't eat meat on Fridays during Lent, you're doing a good thing. Yeah. If you do that and connect it to something transcendent, you're doing a great thing. Corn right? dogs at midnight. <laughs> corn, corn dogs, dogs at midnight. At midnight. Yeah, no. Dan eating corn before, dogs. Before the show started, I was <laughs> confessing that I ate corn dogs last night at midnight. They were so delicious. It was a time of public repentance. Yeah, and I'm just yeah, no, yeah, I'm yeah. I, I'll eat corn and dogs corn any dogs. time of the day. Yeah. I would do it for breakfast. Actually, they make those sausage-filled corn dogs that you can actually have, have at breakfast. That. You dip oh them into gosh. like a syrup cup. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. It's, it's okay. I'm going to write the memoirs. David, David, cut this out of the podcast. But no, back to the thing. I, I, all I wanted to say there is I think that the, the tension you guys are speaking to, I think sometimes we can get into a semantic play where we, we think that opportunity is making it too passive and obligation is making it too, um, I don't know, stalwart, Mm -hmm. but I actually think it's both. It's like, if I say yes to the opportunity and show up, I'm doing something good. If I feel it is the obligation it is and contend in that and go to the ends of that, I'm going to see what greatness looks like. Like the greatest masses I've ever been a part of is when I actually like think about the words I'm praying. Like, just think about the creed. Like just pray the creed one time and think about what you're saying. And I, I don't do that most Sundays, but when I do, when I actually bring in that right heart, because I'm I'm required as a Catholic to pray the creed in faith, Yeah. right? But if I just pray the creed not knowing it has faith, Mm. that's still a good thing. But if I pray the creed and I know that there's faith behind it, it's something different, right? I'm disagreeing with you. Tell me me your your issue with it. Because the goal of prayer is to motivate God's heart and to transform his heart and to change. Like, so like I, the intercessor is crying out to God that God's heart would be filled with mercy upon his people. And so he, he requires us and asks us to pray so that he can intervene, right? It's not it, it, it like literally, and this is Isaiah chapter 30. He says, people of Zion, you will weep no more. How gracious God will be when you cry for mm-hmm. help. Mm-hmm. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. Yeah. That God is, it, it, that he wants to help his people, but his people aren't crying out enough. And so we're not seeing the advancement of the kingdom yeah. of God because we are too passive in our prayer and we lack faith. And so it is good that Catholics yeah. are going to Mass on Sunday, but if Catholics are not entering into the sacrament of salvation without a heart full of, mm-hmm. of, of prayer and, and faithfulness, yeah. that it may be good, but it produces no fruit. Yeah, well, not well, I maybe not as much fruit. Can I ask a clarifying question? Yeah. So I think, because I, I, I love your heart in it, I think that your heart comes from a Uh, I don't want to call it a worry, but we'll call it that. I think it comes from a worry that people will use opportunity as an excuse not to go farther. Is that fair? No, I think it's it's that we don't want to chastise people, and the church needs to be chastised. We are not praying hard enough for the salvation of the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. We need missionary activity. Part the foundation of missionary activity is prayer. And mm-hmm. without that foundation, our missionary activity mm-hmm. bears no th- fruit. It's you sow the seed upon fertile soil. The mm-hmm. only way for the so- soil mm-hmm. to become fertile is for intercessors to pray yeah. for the soil to become fertile. And so I can sow all the seed I want. It falls on rocky ground if the intercessors are not praying. Why, why, do, you, why do you think this gap exists? I think it's because we we fail to form our people that prayer mm-hmm. is powerful and meaningful. We lack mm-hmm. uh, the mm-hmm. leaders in our faith lack faithfulness that God actually transforms Mm -hmm. this world through prayer. That we think that we 
have to do something in order for mm-hmm. God to move, where God doesn't need us to do anything. He just needs us to cry out. Mm-hmm. And we do, we're called to do things. Mm-hmm. We are called to have missionary activity, right? And he invites us into that. But our, 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 like the, the, the mm-hmm. Lord, he, he wants his people to cry out. It's just, it's yeah. a, it's a gospel mandate. And I think, <clears throat> I think I'm in agreement with you. I think that where, where I'm kind of coming from is this idea that in order to even be at a place where I can bring my heart to something, I have to be doing it. Yeah. Right. So like, I think some people that listen today might think like, like encounter meets mission. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I was just thinking to myself, like, it's better for you to go to mass and figure out how to bring a heart there than to not go. Yeah. It's better for you to show up to prayer and not know how to bring your whole self there than to not show up. Yeah. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is like for anyone that's listening today and for us at this table, like if there's a season where it's like, I'm going into mass and I'm not exactly sure how to bring my whole heart because I'm distracted. You should still go because it's good for you to be there. Begin Absolutely. working out greatness there. So yeah. I think I, I think we might be talking in circles with each other, but I think I agree with the heart of what you're saying, that I think we don't pray from a place of enough faithfulness. And, and we've talked about that on the podcast before, and I, I'll go back to Aaron on that, but in the prayers of the faithful, I've said that before in a, in a recent, yeah. or maybe a... It might not be recent, but in a previous show that we call it the prayers of the faithful, but it feels anything but faithful sometimes. <laughs> it really does feel like uh-huh. prayers of the complaining yeah. sometimes, right? And I even fall into it. It's like, here's the, I don't know, 200th straight Sunday where we pray for more priests. And I just kind of say, yeah, Lord, would you already do it? Lord, hear our prayer. It's like, that's not helpful. Yeah. Like, I want to contend and say, Lord, would you like raise up a people that wants to give their whole life? Well, if you, if you look at so, the intercessors in the scripture, it, scripture uses verbs like they cried out, they, they, they wailed, they, they, they urged God, right? Like there's, mm-hmm. there's actual, there's something about the heart of man that has to be activated in prayer. And so it's it's mm. it's prayers of the complacent, right? It's because the heart of man isn't being activated. And so it's 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 not enough to say our prayers. We actually have to pray. And in order to pray, we have to activate our heart. Not saying that you have to be emotional, right? Like, but there's gotta be this desire huh. that God is you're actually communing with God the solution, and you're asking his his solutions to invade mm-hmm. earth in a in a place where my heart believes that when I say this prayer, God will hear me. Yeah. Well, and let's not be nervous about using the word emotional either. Yeah. Like I actually think that any movement of the heart is by its nature emotional. (laughs) It comes from the same root of motion. Yeah. It means moving. Mm. Like, like an emotion is something I'm moved to. Motion is when I'm moving. So I think that sometimes in the church, we can fear the word emotion because it makes God into like some happy talk God. But no, like any authentic move of the heart, mm-hmm. e- even if it's without emoting as we understand it with tears or whatever that is, it's still emotional because my heart's moving towards something. Yeah. That That's almost the definition of yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, so... Aaron's uh, gonna ground us right I can't here. Wait. Here's the here's the <laughs> here. Brad and Dan just, just went crazy. Now Aaron brings the ground. No, oh, let me offer this. this is, so this. um <laughs> when we when we fall into routine, we end up oftentimes losing the heart behind it. Yep. Right? So did the church make a mistake in formalizing the liturgy? No. I mean, I, I, I presume it's <laughs> I presume it's written somewhere uh-huh. that it's a that it's most appropriate That's in the really prayers important. of intercession. For us oh, all yeah. to stand up and say, "Lord, hear our prayer," yeah. In, yeah. in monotone, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. 
I, I'm joking, I, obviously. Slightly sarcastic. I, I get, I get yes. it. Uh, I get what you're getting at there. But, you know, what's... I, I think you could argue the same thing for the entire liturgy, that that at, at some point in, in history, there was a group of men and women who were who were running for fear of their lives and gathering in a home to celebrate the Lord's Supper. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, while, while, while certainly... While certainly there were there were components of that form that remained similar to what we practice today. It didn't look like mass at St. John Newman. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there was a point in history at which the church mm-hmm. determined that it was good to formalize those things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Was that a was that a an admission that we're no longer going to bring an intercessory heart? Uh, I I think I think what we're fighting right now is the temptation that when things get routine, my heart checks out. So. I, I'm just I'm, I'm posing I'm posing yeah. as a thought a, a, a thought process here. Like the church has wisdom mm-hmm. in the development mm-hmm. of the liturgy. Uh, why are why are we suggesting that in order to effectively intercede, we somehow have to like do more than what the church requests? Well, I think you definitely have to do more than just mass and prayer. But why? Right? So I because my, my I have, my prayer I have issue with that. Not, my prayer life is not only the mass, right? And so well, yes, so more in terms of my life has to be fuller than that hour. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we I don't think we should say necessarily that what the church has prescribed in the form of the liturgy is insufficient. Therefore, I have to bring some, you know, mode of mode of operation into the story. That's not at, at all. It's it's the heart behind it. It's Good. exactly yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's I have to activate my heart. And so um the, the I can't just go to mass. I have to pray mass. And so uh, it's good mm-hmm. to go to mass, right? <laughs> but but there, if I'm praying with no, if I offer the prayers of, of the course, faithful of course. without I, actually praying, it has to be prayers of the faithful. Yeah, there I guess I guess what I'm asking is, how can the church help us in this, as opposed to seeing the liturgy as the it's enemy? jerks like me. Oh, yeah, it really it's like it's just people who remind people yeah. that that you have to step up and pray. Like it's it you, we, there's a reason that there's prophets in the church. It's it's because the prophets. Tell the people you're not you're you're off you're off course on God's heart, and yeah. so mm-hmm. God wants this from you. Change your life, yes. right? And, and, so, and that's and that's not a new thing. Yeah, it's not a new right? thing no. at all. Yeah, I mean that's yeah it, it, the it, and that's we just need more people reminding us, and I need this reminder all the time. I think yeah. the reason I talk about intercession so much mm-hmm. is because I want to preach to myself because yeah. I I need to remind yeah, myself good. to enter into prayer with more faithfulness in God that he's actually going to move. And, and so the, it, like, we just need, like, just call people out, right? Yeah. Like in, in, in a loving way, yeah. but well, like, and challenge them. Like, are you praying mass? Like, are you entering in? Are you on your knees during the rosary? Are you saying your prayers? Or are yeah, you, so, so what does that actually look kids? like? Is, is it, is it truly the act of getting on my knees? Is it the, like, how do you muster up a heart of intercession in yourself? Yeah. I think that's so, great. I think that's, but I, 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 I think that's kind of like, at least I hope that's what I was trying to get at with the good and great thing that, that mother church has given us the, the perfect form yet we as individuals determine how we engage such a form. Yeah. Right. So when I go into mass, like mass has given me the form to come into an offering to the Lord. Yet I am an individual who either partakes actively, fully, complacently in that form. Like I make that decision. And I think that, I think that's a good place to go with the conversation too, is like, what is intercession, right? Because we we have the definition of it and things. And I actually think that the church has such a wide array of ways to intercede that we don't like, 
but, but we as individuals don't ever learn about them. So we always yeah. think that like, in order to intercede, I need to show up to the church a half hour early and pray the rosary. That well, is undoubtedly one way to I do it. And I promise that if you boil it down to a form that you're going to lose heart. <laughs> well, I don't. Yes. I, yeah, I but, think, but that's no, because that's, we can't you make. sharpen yourself. You always, yeah. you always have the potential, but you don't. I think so. the key word is always. So, yes. so yeah. like I need to consistently be asking myself, is my heart in the game? Yeah, well, we exactly. should never, we should always be slow to make a prescription on something Mother Church hasn't spoken absolutely on, right? So, the, so like, if Mother Church hasn't said there's one way to intercede, we shouldn't make one way to intercede, No, right? one, I don't think anyone. So let's no, talk no, no, about no. what I'm, are the I'm ways not, you guys well, intercede. I'm saying I think we're in agreement yeah. on that. I, yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure that anyone listening knows that's what we're saying. Yeah. Like, we're not saying that, like, Mother Church to, says to do, here's, here's do one better. way to intercede <laughs> or one way to do mass, but this is a way by which we're actually called to have a disposition of heart yeah. that engages both to the full. Yeah. So how do I intercede? Yeah. I, I, I have, I, I've tried to make intercession part of my daily life in a very intentional way. And yeah. so the chapel of divine mercy is, is the time in which I get on my knees and I battle for intercession and conversion of the whole world. So I offer mm -hmm. the decades of, um, the Chapel of Divine Mercy for different intercessions. So one decade is for like the conversion of the Muslim nations. Another decade would be for the conversion, like the dismantling of communism and the conversion of China. Like those are those are passions on my heart that I believe through my prayer I am waging war and I'm I'm converting Muslim nations mm -hmm. when I enter into that. So that's a daily habit for me. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and then it can go as silly as when I brush my teeth. I pray for my children's purity, like, cause I'm purifying my teeth. So I've, I've just said, I want to make sure I pray for my kids purity every day. I'm going to, whenever I brush my teeth, I'm going to pray for my children's purity. So I've attributed actions of my day with an uh, intentional prayer. Mm -hmm. um, so simple things like that. Really I good. think I wake up a lot. Like I actually have asked the Lord to wake me up in the middle of the night. And, mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I call it like intercessory dreams where I wake up in the middle of the night um, often. Hmm. And, uh, it, I, I think it started with heartburn, like actually like in the natural. And I said, Lord, if I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night with heartburn, like I want my heart to burn for your people. And so all through the night, mm -hmm. whenever I wake up, I go right into intercession. And a lot of times I'll actually get out of my bed and drop to my knees and pray for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, just because it's like, this is a sacrifice. I don't want to get out of bed, but I'm going to get out of bed. Yeah. I'm going to get on my knees. I'm going to pray. And then I'm going to get back into bed. And so I think, that when I find that my heart lacks that sensitivity, mm -hmm. that's when I, I jump into like a three o'clock vigil, like, because it's like, okay, I'm going to do a 3am vigil to wake my heart up again. Mm -hmm. And, um, it, because for me, I know the three o'clock vigil and my wife, she always says, uh, she, she's always like, uh Oh, something must be going on in your prayer life. If I'm doing a three <laughs> o'clock vigil, because she knows that's the way I wake up my prayer life. Uh, when my heart yeah. lacks sensitivity. That's so good. Yeah. I, I, I'll be totally honest. My, my path towards intercession has been one that is currently developing that I think for a really long time, as I was figuring out the ways in which the Lord wanted to relate to me, I didn't fully know how to bring the heart of mission that I was putting into action into my prayer in a sufficient way, I guess. Yeah. And so recently what I've been in love with is that the Lord has been showing me just the ways that he wants to transform my response to things that move my heart. So in the world, sometimes at Damascus or at a coffee shop in Westerville or in Columbus, when I'm doing my different, I don't know, like errands, 
I find in my heart at times, I'll overhear a conversation that I get frustrated with, or I'll see something happening that I'm just bummed about. And what my tendency as an extrovert to do is to find someone and have a conversation about it that might even look like gossip sometimes, just if I'm being fully transparent. Mm -hmm. And over time, the Lord has showed me, no, Brad, I've given you a heart that breaks when injustice is present. When you hear something being spoken that's not true, when you see something that's operational, that's not as good as it could be, I don't want you to lose that lens. Mm. I just want you to change your response. And so it's been like the last year of my life where I'll see things like that and the Lord will actually invite me to pray right then. And it's amazing to me because it hasn't been a part of my life. Like I'll usually be like, I'll pray for that later and then I'll never get to it. But now it's been like in the moment, I'll overhear a conversation, a coffee shop, and my heart will just be breaking. It'll be like, that is just so not, like that's just not it. Yeah. That's not it. And in my heart, instead of finding someone to be like, yeah, I heard this conversation in a coffee shop. And can you believe people think this? And I'm not saying I would say it exactly like that, but my heart comes across like that sometimes. Instead in that I'm sitting a, a table over and I'll just go to the Lord and be like, Lord, I just pray that your truth would transcend this conversation right now. Yeah. Pray that you'd move in this place. I find myself doing it at mass. I find myself doing it on car rides. And I'm not sure where that goes, but that's been my relationship with intercession, I'd say, so recently. I'm finding that that is, <clears throat> there's, there's two, I'm seeing two different ways to see if someone has an actual call to intercession. Mm-hmm. And when I see a personality trait in a person, I actually say, that's the, that's the gift of intercession upon your life. Mm-hmm. Like, And one of those is, when when they when the things of this world um attack their spirit and they well up in in Mm -hmm. frustration or annoyance so like people who get really frustrated over the political atmosphere right or they get annoyed over some like some injustice and there's all like and a lot of times that just that can lead to a complaining spirit or it can lead to an intercessory heart and Mm -hmm. so when you see that person or if you are that person and you you realize when i hear something on the news something happens inside of me that's the holy spirit stirring up in you Mm -hmm. to become an intercessor for that thing that's stirring you right Secondly, is that that person who's kind of like a crazy entrepreneur, they have all of these passions and sometimes they feel very handicapped because they're like passionate about this, passionate about this, passionate about this. Like, and like, and what I've realized is the Lord places passion in people, Mm -hmm. not always to tell them what your job is to be, but what your intercessory mission Mm -hmm. is. And so like, for me, I'm really passionate about the homeless. I have asked, I spent years with a spiritual director asking the Lord, am I called to do homeless ministry? I, I just, I, I discerned uh, leaving church parish work to, to go full-time in an intercessory work because my heart is so passionate for the poor and the homeless. Mm-hmm. After a couple of years of praying and fasting and talking to a spiritual director, what I realized was that was just a, a, a call to intercession. And so, mm-hmm praying for the homeless is an actual thing that my family does all the time because like we be- I believe that it's my job to to lead prayer ministry for the homeless yeah. and I but I don't do any homeless ministry it's not part of my active but so those passions that we get that may not line up like I'm passionate about China there's not I can't yeah. go to China right now there's mm-hmm. just like it's not God's not calling me to mm-hmm. that and so because of that I pray yeah, and can I say something? You mentioned the political realm. And as mm-hmm. we're recording this, our world is struggling at sitting down and listening to people that think differently. Uh, it, it's struggling talking to people who think differently. And as mm-hmm. you were talking, Dan, the Lord put this on my heart. And I know it's a one-liner, but it'll help us remember it. But the prayer chamber 
is more effective than the echo chamber. So whenever I have something that comes onto my heart and I'm tempted to just find someone who will just agree with me mm -hmm. to continue to just agree with me and make me feel like I'm right, that is far less effective than the prayer chamber where it's like, Lord, this isn't sitting right with me and I'm not sure I'm right, but I would love for you to show me if I am wrong where I am and if I'm right where I can pray. Amen. It's really more good. effective. It's just a more effective operation. And if you've been living in the echo chamber, which sometimes when I listen to the news, that Aaron's a great accountability partner on this, sometimes I get into the echo me chamber too, mode me and too. just twice. repent and turn to prayer, yes, right? The Repent Lord knows and turn better. to prayer. He knows better. And that doesn't mean you're not supposed to still be a, a, a an audible witness to social injustice. That's critical. So, like, we do need – we have a, a, a the principle of participation in yeah. the social doctrine of the church. We have to participate, and yes. participation is not only prayer. It's no, also of course, of course. activity, but at the same time prayer's got to yeah, be Yeah, well, prayer it. shouldn't take away passion. It should add to it. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. I, and again, that's – everything we're talking about like prayer yeah. should actually activate that not right so yeah, you're a powerful let, let me jump in Share. the uh so i, I want to get permission um for for people who might be tuning in today like give yourself permission to be inspired by the words of others that you can be called to action so dan you and i mm -hmm. had a conversation a number of months ago about waking up in the middle of the night and actually orienting that space for prayer yeah and uh, i had heard that you know i heard similar messages a number of times before but just never done it so i have been doing that recently and it's been really just beautiful and fruitful mm -hmm. to remind myself that like at every moment, my first orientation should be to dedicate this moment to the Lord. Um, whether that's in the middle of the night or whether that's in the middle of the day or in the middle of dinner mm -hmm. uh, or in the middle of mass, yeah. uh, that, that, that anytime my mind begins to wander from him is an invitation to go back. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I, I guess I want to, I want to paint maybe two, two more practical uh, perspectives on, on, on this. So um when I look at when I look at the army of the Israelites fighting the battlefield and and one man stepping up, uh, you could see that as a team that hey we've got a we've got a hundred missionaries here at Damascus we need we need one intercessor to be sitting in the chapel, or I you know I look at that as my day that I've got twenty four hours in the day I need to make sure that a portion of that is spent hmm. in intercession yeah. right that that I need to I need to give a tithe of my life to actually interceding for the things that I value. As opposed to falling into a place where ministry is just routine. Mm -hmm. So you know, when I'm when I'm preparing for a meeting, um, I, I I try my best to discipline myself to spend five minutes before the meeting, like in prayerful intercession for what's about to transpire and for the heart of the person I'm about to engage in. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. That I want to I want to intercede in that moment to mm -hmm. prepare myself for the mission that may otherwise seem routine. Yeah. One of our producers for this show, Gabe, but he uh, he he started a practice this year that he's going to tithe. Uh, 10% of the meeting time to prayer. And the first time I heard him say that, I was like, it's so ridiculous. Like, it, cause it's like, uh, it, so if it's a, you know, a 60 minute meeting, the first 10, I mean, the first six minutes are in prayer. And I was annoyed the first time, but then we actually went into the six minutes of prayer and my heart was actually transformed during that time to enter into the meeting better. I'm like, dang it, this is like, accurate like this is this actually made my heart yeah. more prepared not saying that we should always do that or that everyone's called to that but it was a challenge that yeah tithing time to prayer it prepares your heart to be god's heart for the mission yeah and then i, I let me i didn't prepare this thought but um jesus like jesus does ask us to do things yet we can only do those things through the faith that he gives us right mm -hmm. faith is a gift and a response yeah. so um, one of the things that I found uh, that's been really meaningful for me in the course of ministry here at Damascus 
it's easy to have 10,000 kids walk through your door and never see a kid's face, mm -hmm. right? And, and never actually engage with a child uh, or, or uh, your parishioner at your parish or, or your or your son or daughter at home or your or your you know your coworker at at at, at the workplace, but to, to never actually engage with them as as realizing that hey you are a person who bears the image of Christ, and um, this was really meaningful for me last year. I was I was preparing for a session. I was going to be preaching at the at the end of a night at camp, and. Uh, I, I just I felt the Lord um, place a place a longing in my heart. He, he you know he said that you're not going to be able to effectively preach to this to this group unless you you realize that I'm presence in their midst. Like you realize that that you're preaching to the face of Jesus. So he and you know the Lord um, invited me to go up and walk through the through the dining hall and uh, during during dinner. And as I walked through, I just I, I looked at every kid's eyes that I that I saw who walked by me. And it was just so evident that I'm like that that you are like you are Christ. Yeah. That you are the image of Christ who who I'm who I'm called to give my life for. That when I when I see my daughters um fighting with each other or battling over a little cat toy, mm -hmm. right? That I, that I can look them in the eye and I can realize that like you are Christ and I'm called to minister to Christ in this moment. That that I think the heart of intercession is gonna be given to us when we when we ask to see with the eyes of Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a this is kind of a silly story off of that, Aaron. It's such a good word. I So I drive a motorcycle, and I usually just drive through downtown streets and stuff like that. And on a motorcycle, it's this awkward relationship you have with people not on your motorcycle because you're not in a car, so there's not like – there's no like – in a car, you're like separated from the other car. In a motorcycle, you're just like near that car or near the person on the downtown street, and it's like – it just feels funny. And I always felt funny with it, and I was like, well, what should I do with this – funny feeling and i started just doing that like like every person because i recognized people more on my motorcycle mm. um and i started to like on downtown streets be like you are jesus you are jesus mm -hmm. and then like pray for them and what it was wild because there's such diversity in this world and when you start recognizing it and then praying for those individuals mm -hmm, yeah. all of a sudden you just see jesus everywhere and your heart is mm -hmm. is transformed I want to kind of wrap this up with three things because I think, and I think this one, Aaron, what you're suggesting, I want to talk about the three reasons intercession is critical, mm -hmm. and this will mm -hmm. kind of put a bow on the show. I think the first one is that intercession gives us God's heart for His people, mm -hmm. and That's so without sure. a, a spirit of intercession, I'll, I'll never have His heart. And mm -hmm. what I mm -hmm. have found this to be especially true when it comes to like um, when I started praying for. Um, the, the, the Muslim people, right, uh, that they would have an encounter with Jesus Christ uh, and that their salvation would be secure. It, it, it's amazing how much I just fell in love with the mm. the Muslim nations. Um, that mm -hmm. it, it almost, it, it softened my heart because I think at one point I kind of had a frustration with the Muslim nations. I didn't like their political structure. I didn't like, I mean, clearly 9-11 was a big event in my childhood. So like there's this like, um, and all of a sudden, a heart of frustration became a heart of compassion. Have you guys yeah. experienced that where intercession has given you a heart for God's people? I have, actually. It's funny, because as you guys were sharing some of your stories with intercession, I, the first time I ever remember like wholeheartedly interceding was actually at Mass. And I had just received the Lord, and I came back. I was near the front, and the Lord just brought my attention Um I, like he didn't like speak for me to like look that way or something. He just brought my attention to the center aisle and every person that was coming down the aisle, I found my heart just asking the Lord to save them because mm. they were coming up to receive him. 
And in that prayer, like I just like fell in love with people in the church. It was actually really amazing. Like my participation in the mass in later weeks and like my engagement with the people in the church in later weeks was different because I had received the Lord. I came back. He drew my attention to your point on the motorcycle and Aaron, to your point, just in our lives at those times, like with the campers, my heart was just the Lord, for whatever reason, in a moment of grace, gave me his heart for his people. And I just saw what the mass was about. It was just like, it just, it still moves me actually. Like, Lord, save them. Like, mm-hmm. they're bring like, save them. Like, yeah. save him and save her. And just like looking them as they receive the Lord, it was really a beautiful moment. And I would say that it really did shape a part of my heart that I didn't have prior to that in his in his uh, full of a way, I guess. So yeah, I would say that that is absolutely true. Yeah. And when we get that heart, it allows us to give yeses later that we wouldn't have without that heart. I think you, I, I started last year a study on the prophets, just paying more attention to the prophets. And you notice that the prophets are all deep intercessors and uh, they call Jeremiah the weeping prophet. This this is, uh, it says uh, in Jeremiah 8, it says, he says, I am broken by the brokenness of my dear people. Mm-hmm. I mourn horror has taken hold of me that they like you get this image of the prophet jeremiah weeping over his people or you have the image of jesus weeping over the grave yeah. weeping over jerusalem paul and like, philippians yeah yeah and so this I- idea of um that there is something about like when we enter into um intercession our heart breaks for the brokenness of the mm-hmm. things that break god's mm-hmm. heart mm-hmm. and um so that's the first one. I think intercession gives us the heart for God's people. Secondly, intercession is, I mean, God's giving is inseparably connected to our asking, right? It's very easy formula. The Lord says, ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door will be opened. Seek and you will find. So if I don't ask, will I receive? If I don't knock, will the door be opened? And if I don't seek, will we find? And I was thinking about Pentecost. It says that they were all in the upper room praying with one accord and then the Holy Spirit came. Would the promise of Pentecost been fulfilled in that moment if the apostles were not praying, right? Like, it, it, it does it require us to ask in order for the promise of the Father to be fulfilled? Mm-hmm. Um, and you see in the Old Testament, uh, David, he had this kingdom of intercessors and a kingdom of worshipers. And we've talked in the past about how much we love worship in our community and, and the the place of honor it receives here. Um, but King David had worship intercessors. He had not just like one or two worship, but he had like 4,000 full-time worshipers and 4,000 full-time um, intercessors for the kingdom of Israel. And when, as long as you see kind of seven times throughout the Old Testament, the kingdom of Israel rise and fall. And mm-hmm. every time the kingdom of Israel comes back again, right? Like when when they have a revival, if you will, it's because David's vision for full-time worship and intercession is restored. Mm-hmm. And that that revival comes forth from intercession because when we ask, we receive. Mm-hmm. Aaron, you're so good at this idea of faithfully asking with prayers of expectation. Mm-hmm. How have you seen that manifested? Uh, you know, it's impossible to draw a causal relationship in theology. That's a good call. It's just, it's, just, <laughs> it's silly to do it. I ask because I'm commanded to, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's an it's an act of obedience to engage in in that process with yep. the Lord. Um, mm-hmm. We we need to be filled with hunger. You know, I was just in today's gospel reading. Um, Jesus is on the way to to perform a miracle by raising Jairus's daughter from the dead, and 
as he's on the way, he's got a clear mission in mind. He's committed to do it. He's engaged. He's focused. He's 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 active. Mm-hmm. And then and then the 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 woman with the hemorrhage comes up and touches his cloak, and he 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 remains focused but also interruptible. Mm-hmm. Right? That we need to be in a place of God. That that my hunger will always exist in a place of of faith. Mm-hmm. That 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 I, I realize that you you call me to ask. Yeah. Right? That the the reason I can ask, the reason I have hunger, is because it's a gift from you anyway. But like, I need to keep my heart always focused on yeah. you to be ready to receive. Well, that, that's and, the know, only place that I can orient myself in uh, from from a from a uh, foundation of mission. And the book of James literally says, "You have not because you ask not." Yeah. Right. And I think about like Simeon and Anna in the temple. Like, they received this little one coming into the temple because they were asking. Right. Yeah. Like there, there's a huge there's a huge part of that. Like like the faithfulness of us permits us to see the faithfulness yep. of God. His faithfulness is always there, but our faithfulness allows us to see it differently. Uh, I mean, I've been kind of shocked and dismayed in my work with parish staffs, how few parish staffs actually pray together for mm-hmm. the conversion of their parish. Like if, if we want parish ministry to be better, Come Lord. we have to get together as parish staffs and pray. And if the parish staff isn't going to get together and pray, then father find a community of intercessors who will come mm-hmm. together, lay people who will come together and pray for the parish. Because uh, Alpha Program is amazing. Wow. The Alpha Program is a program. Intercession will bring the fruit, right? Mm-hmm. And so we have to pray. And all of these different like activities that we do in parish life, in our ministries, they've got to be preceded by intercession. And mm-hmm. I think you're right, Aaron. You don't want to draw a causal activity. <laughs> so we shouldn't say that <laughs> Like God won't do something if you don't do this, X, right? Therefore, yeah. Y. Well, well, they yeah. happen together. I mean, they happen. Together. Gosh, it, it's it's almost like like hunger and and intercession is a part of our Christian identity. Like hmm. it's, hmm. Uh, I, I love it. We're we're in the middle of teaching formation quarters on on healing. We just finished a quarter on healing. We just we're, we just started a quarter on prophecy. Mm-hmm. It's like you will never receive a certificate saying that you are a prophet. Mm-hmm. Like the way you the way you learn that God's going to give a prophetic gift is by opening your mouth and participating with him. And if you do receive a certificate for being a prophet, <laughs> send you, it to just me. Just be careful <laughs> of where you got that certificate. And, and likewise, like like uh, there are no healers aside from those who 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 stick out their hand and take a risk and and pray, and for, pray healing. for healing. Um I love it, Brad. You you shared a couple years ago mm-hmm. uh, that you asked if you you, you know you, you had a sense on your heart at a retreat that that God was calling us to intercede for healing for somebody, mm-hmm. and the response you got from the leader of the session was, "Well, well, do you have a charism for healing?" Mm-hmm. It's like there's only one way to find out. Yeah, it's it's to it's to act in faith and realize that God's oriented me mm-hmm. in a place where where I need to rely on Him in yeah. every single moment. The moment I'm no longer hungry is the moment I'm yeah. no longer in Christian. In the humblest way possible, I, I remember my response was just, in the name of Jesus, I do. Yeah. Like, because he, if He gave this mm. to me, He wants me to do something with it. Like, we'll see. And that was actually one of the first times I, like, saw a breakthrough there. Yeah, that's really neat. On Sunday um, evening, my 11-year-old boy sits on the couch next to me. He's like, Dad... <laughs> what's the greatest thing God's ever done through you? <laughs> and I, I loved the question. I was like, oh, wow, I've never. And uh, I told him some things that like I love the most about how God's used me. And uh, and I said, but, you know, I don't know what the greatest thing is like because I pray often, and I think mm-hmm. my prayer is shifting things around the world that I don't see. Yeah. And uh, and I just can't wait for heaven. Right. Like, right. And I love, I, I didn't mention this earlier, but heaven is the missionary, I mean, intercession is the only missionary activity in heaven. Yeah. So if you love being a missionary for the Lord, when I get to heaven, I 
I can't, yeah. I can't do anything. Well, I, I, I worship and I intercede. That's what we see the saints and angels doing. They worship and they intercede. Well, and it might be Giovanni, you know, like <laughs> yeah. seriously, like he's sitting next to you. What's the greatest thing the Lord's done through me? Well, you're pretty awesome. Like, and <laughs> yeah. when I look at Giovanni, that's like, the first thing I said. Well, you, the, right. you kids are my like, number all one. The gifts. Great. Anyway, I know yeah. we're we're going to the third point, but <laughs> I love it. All right, third point. This is this is a fun point. We're gonna wrap up the show after this, but intercession is the very means by which we fulfill the Great Commission. And so mm. the Lord has commanded us to take the gospel to all nations. And I, Dan Demite, am physically incapable of taking the gospel to all nations. But I can actually fulfill the Great Commission through the ministry of intercession. That I, um, I was, I was teaching on intercession a few uh, weeks back, and a missionary couple, they're a married couple who um, were missionaries in Africa, and they've been stuck in the United States, and they couldn't get back to Africa to do mission because of COVID. And this guy, the husband, he he said, as you were preaching on intercession, I fell to my knees and I just started to repent because I realized that because I was stuck in the U.S., I was not, I was not n- no longer a missionary to Africa, and I failed to be a missionary to Africa while in the U.S. because I failed to intercede. Mm-hmm. And um, that you can be a missionary in Africa here in the United States. You can be a missionary. And it was so beautiful because his, his wife and I and, um, and him, we started to pray, and his prayer was so beautiful. He just started praying He's like, Lord, there are regions that we haven't even encountered yet where your name hasn't been proclaimed. And he starts praying for these, like, uh, the way he used his words, he was like going into these deep crevices of the world, these jungle regions that we hadn't seen. And the Lord was showing Mm -hmm. me in the spirit just these faces of individuals, of natives that we haven't even discovered yet that haven't heard the gospel. Um, But we are missionaries to them in that moment, which was really powerful. powerful. Um, What nations are on your guys' heart and how do you bring that into prayer? Yeah, that's really good. I um I received a prophetic word at one point in my life that I was called to do ministry in the Middle East, and we were just starting Damascus, not Damascus, I remember that Syria. Word we're you, actually yeah. starting Damascus <laughs> in Ohio, and uh, I was like, that just there's no way. But it was from a person like obviously you test every word, but it, it was from a person who I I just know is with the Lord. And so I was like, okay, what does this even mean? And we were actually preparing for summer camp to make a long story short. I get a phone call from this random area code and I answered it while we were getting ready for summer camp. And it was this um, graduate from Moorhead State University who graduated with a friend of mine from my hometown. And he goes, I- I've heard that you're doing work for the Lord. And I just wanted to let you know that I'm going to be serving with crew in the 1040 window. And I was wondering if you join my support team. Hmm. And like, I teach mission support raising to our missionaries here. And like, the fact that my resource, my financial resource goes with someone, it, it it's not a means to an end. It, it, is, it, it is a partaking in mission. Yeah. And so all of a sudden I was doing mission in the 1040 window, but I'll, I'll, I'll hang my hat on that one. But one thing that when you were saying that, and then I'll, I'll throw it over to Aaron is, I mean, the patron saint of missionaries is Therese of Lisieux, who was in a convent. <laughs> like, like she's the patron saint of missionaries yeah. because she was praying for missionaries. Like, I don't know what else to even say there. I mean, it yeah. just proves the point you're you're saying Amen. to a T. But yeah. Uh, so when I when I spent time on mission in in Paris, I really just fell in love with the church in Europe, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I've had a I've had a strong heart for for the church in in France and the church in Paris. And through my engagement with the uh, the Seminary for Foreign Missions in Paris, mm-hmm. have also grown into a love of the church in China. Um, hmm. So I'll, I'll throw that out there. Uh, <laughs> and 
for any of anybody who's listening who might be intimidated by this question, I, I want to also maybe get a little more a more real and practical in our everyday life. Yeah, you know, uh, I've talked on the show before. In my experience in Appalachia, like I have a I have a real heart for the poor here in America. Yeah, um, especially in in Kentucky, like just going down there, actually developing a heart for love for the people that you've had the opportunity for ser- to serve. Uh, That's really you're, you're not you're not carrying a lesser missionary heart when when your when your nation might be the homeless shelter down the street. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I think my nation, That's one right. of my nations, is homeless. Yeah, the homeless. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, my last one is kind of a uh, tongue in cheek, um, but when I was when I was in high school youth ministry, um, I really developed a heart for the the guys particularly who oftentimes missed the message because they were uh, mm-hmm. they were the ones who like played video games and listened to anime and like, cause Dan, cause Dan always had an, uh, like, uh, um, uh, a desire, uh, I don't know, an affinity toward like the rough and tumble yeah, sports, I like, I like sports the rough bros. Guys. Yeah. And so, uh, we, like we started doing nerd nights, um, where we I would, remember the nerd get together, we'd, 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 uh, we'd play some smash bros <laughs> and, and, and so connect over the gospel. And like you, you can, you can have, really you good. can have a, you can have a, a nation, um, an unreached people, yep. uh, in any, in any area of your life. Um, look for, look for where you're passionate and look for where people are getting missed. This is so good. Okay. I want to wrap up the, so I think to summarize that Aaron is so good. Missionary activity softens your heart to become a greater intercessor and intercessory activity softens your heart to go on mission. Really and good. that the two go hand in hand, two legs that we walk on. Um, well, let's close in prayer and, uh, and then we'll, uh, I just want to pray, um, for, for those who are listening, for their hearts. Um, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. 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 Lord, for any intercessor uh, that has known that they've been called to be an intercessor, but has felt like they've been uh, over overlooked and unseen in the church, I just, the Lord is speaking to you right now that your mission is critical and valuable. And even though you haven't been uh, honored publicly, the Lord with his angels and his saints, they are honoring you in heaven, uh, that he has seen your hours um, in prayer, and he is so grateful for your love. He's so grateful for your compassion. He's so grateful for your heart of mercy. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, Jesus, uh, I pray that in in speaking about intercession and calling us to a greater heart, Lord, that none of us would ever feel missed or inadequate, mm-hmm. um, but Jesus, that you would show us your unique plan and mission for every person who's who's listening to today's show. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, every single one of us is called to a unique work, and and part of that work is is working with greater intention. So again, I just echo the prayer that you'd mm-hmm. give us your heart for your people. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Lord, um, let our hearts be yours. We pray that our hearts would break for what breaks yours, and that our hearts would come alive for what yours comes alive for. We pray that we would look more like you every day and we would take our place as intercessors, as ones that stand in the gap in the same way that you do. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Brothers and sisters, you've been listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. We're so grateful um, to be able to share the gospel with you and to pray for you.